This is Marjorie Weinstein with Review of Optometric Business, and I'm here with Dr. Susan Resnick, who has a practice that specializes in contact lenses and who serves many presbyopic patients uh, and has some tips to share with us so that you can enhance your care of patients needing multifocal lenses in their practices. Uh, welcome, Dr. Resnick. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So I wanted to get started and talk about, from a lifestyle and psychological perspective, what does it mean to become presbyopic? Well, I can speak both as a practitioner and as a patient, since I have been there for, oh, a couple of decades. Um, but as a practitioner, it's interesting because I'm finding that while about 10 years ago, there was more of a psychological stigma and kind of a negative emotional hurdle for patients entering pre into presbyopia, there's been a shift. And I'm seeing that the shift is now being more of a lifestyle inconvenience and frustration and anxiety due really to the digi digitization of our visual world, meaning people are on, um, you know, computers and um, tablets and cell phones, and often they're going back and forth between these uh, in the course of a day and often for many hours. And they're more concerned with their inability to switch comfortably between tasks and devices um, while they still shun the idea of having, you know, old-fashioned reading glasses or glasses that make them look old on their faces, that's not the primary concern that they're expressing to me when they come into my offices. Um, it's more the inconvenience of the on and off use of reading glasses for most, you know, that's the most frustrating. And then there are the patients who have been happy lens wearers, uh, and now all of a sudden, they're finding that their flexibility of focus isn't what it used to be. And what really upsets them is the idea of now having to wear both contact lenses and glasses, because after all, you know, they came to us originally because they didn't want to wear uh, glasses. So now, you know, okay, so now you're telling me in order to get reading vision, I, you know, I, you know, I was told that I might have to wear reading glasses. Well, why would I want to wear both? So it becomes our job as practitioners to explain that there are options and there are excellent options. And for your patients who are already contact lens wearers, what are the most challenging aspects of finding a lens and prescription that allows them to stay in their lenses? Uh, how, does, how does natural view um, help you to avoid patients dropping out of contacts because they're not, they're not able to adapt to new vision and multifocals? So the most challenging aspect is um, finding one um, that where patients don't feel compromised or fixing one thing while not compromising the other. In other words, maintaining the distance vision to which the patients are accustomed in their current um, contact lenses while improving their flexibility or visual comfort at near. And so, you know, we've been taught out of necessity over the years as technology has been developed and certainly the category as a whole is so much better than it was years ago in our options. So we're, we're doing a whole lot better, but we're still sometimes preaching that we have to set expectations, which is really a euphemism for explaining to patients that they have to compromise. And, you know, even surveys show that 85% of patients report a compromise in their vision. And this is really not acceptable, you know. 
So patients who have been emetropic, you know, are, are accustomed to great vision, and now they want to have better vision at near. So they're not willing to give up their naturally uh, existing good vision. And then you have your patients that you've tried so hard over the years to optimize their distance vision and their comfort and their contacts. And now you're saying, well, you know, I might have to take that away a little bit. So it's not a pleasant thing for either the doctor or the practitioner. Um, so enter, you know, natural view, which gives us a very unique design. And, you know, each um, tool in the box helps, you know, elevate the category as a whole. And not every patient can adapt to modified monovision or aspheric simultaneous vision designs. And natural view, because it's a different design, it's an extended depth of focus lens, it, it actually leverages our cortical anatomy. So it might be enabling some patients who can't deal with the sort of artificial optical constraints of some of the other designs. Um, this allows for some patients and actually a more natural feel to the vision because of the way it creates this um, kind of visual aperture. And uh, it's, you know, again, a unique design and you know, two patients are alike. So it really can help practitioners um, in, in a couple of ways. One is for patients who have previously failed in their contact lenses or who couldn't adapt to aspheric designs. And then, of course, you know, you have new patients. So for patients who have never experienced a multifocal before, it can be a very nice natural way for emerging presbyopes and new presbyopes. And then when you have the presbyops, presbyopes who have never worn contacts, what is the opportunity for practices if they have a multifocal contact lens that's truly easy to fit patients with and is easy for patients to adapt to? Um, how can you really turn that into a practice builder? Okay, so the most commonly cited or pain point that I think I have and, and, and my colleagues is the chair time and the number of visits that it takes to achieve success in fitting a multifocal lens. And the natural view requires really only one to two visits. That's assuming you follow the fitting guide. And so adaptation can occur, you know, adaptation may not occur, uh, you know, within the first five minutes. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you that. Um, it can take 15, 20 minutes, a half hour, even a couple of days. But um, what's nice is that if you follow the fitting guide, you're going to zero in on it real quickly. And you're going to learn very quickly the patients who can and cannot adapt. So it really will enable us to capture, um, you know, patients um, who may have not had success before. Um, and what's wonderful about this lens, particularly for colleagues maybe who don't do a lot of multifocal fitting or her first getting into it, this lens is really no different than fitting a spherical lens. Um, you don't have to worry about zone sizes. You don't have to worry about dominant eye. You don't have to worry about pushing plus. So there are so many of these kind of hoops that we jump through for many of the other designs. And this really probably is the most seamless lens to integrate into your current um, soft contact lens and especially daily disposable practice. And could you talk a little about how this part of your practice, I know you have a spe uh, specialty con contact lens specialty practice, um, how much is your presbyopic and multifocal contact lens segment um, growing? Uh, how, how, how much, what kind of growth are you seeing? 
Well, as I've said before, as I've said before, when I've spoken to people about multifocal lenses, you know, the one thing we know is that your practice grow ages with you. So that being the case, my practice is probably a different demographic than you know many of our listeners, and so that's a very unique thing. But to answer your question, um, about two thirds of my patients are baby baby boomers or Generation X, meaning they're thirty seven years or older. Now, if you compare that to the U.S. statistics, I mean, think demographically, uh, you'll find that 30% of the population needs correction for presbyopia. So to give you numbers, I have roughly 1,500 to 2,000 patients in multifocal contacts, and that's inclusive of both full and part-time wear. And that's roughly about 20, maybe 15 to 20% of my patient base. Um, But, you know, Again, as you alluded to, I have a specialty contact lens practice. I've been doing this for years, and a lot of my patients come to me because they've failed elsewhere. But let's just talk about, like, you know, people doing a lot of primary care, maybe doing vision therapy, doing medical optometry. Really, you know, the thing is, is that surveys are showing that only about 6% of us are recommending multifocal contact lenses, and really only 9% of patients are wearing them now. So, um, some of the um, data shows that we could potentially be fitting about 20% more patients into these lenses. So, you know, the opportunity is there on the, you know, the percentage basis. But if you think about each patient individually, a contact lens patient gives us the opportunity to bring in, you know, not only to give us the reward of, of clinically making them happy and generating loyalty and referrals, but, you know, the revenue per pay on a contact lens patient uh, is much greater than that of just a primary care patient. We see them once a year as opposed to every year and a half to two. Um, it gives us greater number of touch points to satisfy their needs with other kinds of technologies and procedures, um, you know, sunglasses, um, backup glasses, treating them for other things that we may not have, you know, had the opportunity to see them for. So we have to be careful or at least understand that a contact lens patient is valuable on a number of levels. And what would be your takeaway advice for other ODs who have less experience working with multifocal wearers and who really want to, you know, stop people from dropping out of their contacts as soon as they become presbyopic? Well, first of all, you have to believe. I get a little fr- I get a little frustrated sometimes when I see online these threads where, you know, somebody raises the issue of a multifocal lens and some people will pipe in, well, how about reading glasses? So, I mean, if you're not a believer, that's okay. But don't do a patient a disservice. Refer them to a colleague who embraces the technology, who's enthusiastic and who wants to take on um, what sometimes can be a challenging aspect of practice. But for those of us willing to jump in, my first um, suggestion is really know and understand all the design options. It's important to work with a few different designs for patients who have previously failed in aspheric designs, for those who have had smaller or larger than average pupils or may have more higher order aberrations, consider the natural view because its unique optical design can be a true problem solver. It's, um, it works in, in the presence of some of those um, optical, optical obstacles. And also, don't let your patient leave the office unhappy. Work it out. Um, don't assume that they're going to adapt. I mean, I really like to have my patient feeling pretty comfortable when they leave, knowing that it can only get better and at the very worst, it's going to stay the same. And finally, do a rigorous follow-up. Don't lose them to follow-up. 
Um, it's easy to lose them if they're unhappy. So we have our um, staff calling the patient two to three days later to see how they're doing. I'm bringing them back in five to seven days, uh, even if they tell me they're thrilled, because sometimes just a small tweak can save the day. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Resnick. I'm sure that our, our readers, our listeners will We'll appreciate the good advice and um, and thanks to all of our listeners.